Good morning. Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania, and for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service will be Romans 12, 9 through 21, Matthew 16, 21 through 28. I share those with you now in case you'd like to look them up ahead of time. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they are private in nature or if it's okay to share them. And we'll go ahead and share them on next week's podcast so that your church family can be praying for you. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Mrs. Tippins, Wilbur Dodder, for folks in our church family who are privately dealing with health challenges, for Rebecca who is fighting cancer, little Nate Gray who is fighting cancer, for Sue and Ty Williams, for all our healthcare workers and first responders, for all our governmental and civic leaders. The 16th Sunday after Pentecost, September 20th, 2020. Our first hymn for this morning is number 98 in the hymnal and is entitled, To God Be the Glory. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his Son, who yielded his life an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Great things he hath taught us, great things he hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. 
O come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Our gathering meditation for this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 through 36. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Our call to worship. We gather together to worship our God who hears our cries and comes to our aid, who meets us on holy ground and calls us to follow, who invites us to take up our cross and discover what it means to truly live. This is our God, deserving of our love, deserving of our worship, deserving of our praise. Let's worship together. Amen. Our prayer of invocation. Almighty God, as we stand in awe of your goodness and mercy today, we invite you to be present among us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we declare that we love you. Thank you that you have made the way of love known through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that you would reveal this great love to all of us today as we gather to worship. Lead us by your Spirit to praise you in the right way. May our hearts overflow with thanksgiving and our mouths proclaim your everlasting greatness. In the wonderful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 159 in the hymnal, Lift High the Cross. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name. Come, Christians, follow this triumphant sign, the hosts of God in unity combine. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name. Each newborn servant of the crucified bears on the brother seal of him who died there. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name. O Lord, once lifted on the glorious tree as 
thou hast promised, draw the world to thee. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore his sacred name. So shall our song of triumph ever be praised to the crucified for victory. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name. Join together with us now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. We come to the time in our service in which we have our children's message. Good morning, kids, or maybe you're listening in the afternoon. Today, our Bible reading is from Mark chapter 8, and the passage is where Jesus told his disciples to do something, to take up their cross and follow him, Jesus. Listen to the scripture. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, Jesus said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Hmm. I wonder what he meant. Now imagine that I am holding a cross in my hand. This one is a small cross, the, the size of cross that a woman might have on a necklace or a pair of earrings. This cross would be pretty easy to take up and carry. Imagine that I give you this cross. It's small and very light. Don't you agree that this cross would be easy to carry around? You could even put it in a pocket. If this was the type of cross that Jesus was talking about when he said, take up your cross and follow me, then following Jesus would be pretty easy. But of course, what we're talking about is just a small cross, one we can hold in our hand, a decoration. The cross that Jesus suffered and died on, the one he was talking about, was a very big cross. Imagine now that I drag out a large cross Picture your sanctuary, the, the big worshiping room of your church, if you want to. The cross I'm dragging is bigger than you, bigger than me, bigger than a large grown man. It 
it's made of wood and is very, very heavy. Maybe someone you know in the church, a grandparent or an uncle, put it together. I need your help with it, and you run over to me and you help me drag it. Imagine pulling the cross with me. Then imagine standing back and looking at the size of this cross. Even this cross is not quite as big as the cross that Jesus had to carry before he died. Do you think this cross would be harder to carry around than the little one we talked about? Of course it would be. Much, much harder. Very tiring to carry, probably exhausting. Might even make our muscles sore if we had to drag it for too long. When Jesus said we needed to take up our cross and follow him, he was trying to tell us that following him would sometimes be hard and would sometimes exhaust us, tire us out, and would sometimes even hurt. Now we have small crosses like the ones on earrings and necklaces to remind us of the big cross that Jesus had to carry and that he died on, to remind us of how he suffered and laid down his life for us because of his great love. Crosses also remind us that when we follow Jesus, it will sometimes hurt. It'll be very hard, very tiring at times, downright tough. Doing the right things, doing what Jesus would want us to do rather than doing what we want to do, can sometimes be very difficult. Like continuing to be nice to someone who has been very, very mean to us. So when you think of the cross, think of the big, heavy cross that Jesus had to carry. Think of his love. And remember that following him is not always easy. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to take up his cross and suffer for us. Help us to be willing to suffer for others because you ask us to. Thank you, God, for giving us your strength and joy when following you is hard to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Our prayer for illumination. Let us pray. O God, our God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. As your scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, help us not only to hear and to believe, but to also be convicted by and to act accordingly. May we be a people, Lord, who lives and loves always and only in the ways that you would have us to. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our epistle reading for this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Paul wrote to the believers at Rome, Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, 
Live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Our Gospel reading, Matthew 16, 21 through 28. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life, or, or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels and the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message for this morning is entitled, The Shape of It. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Take up their cross and, and follow me. These were the words Jesus spoke to all of his followers after an impulsive Peter, after a hasty but well-meaning Peter, jumped ahead and spoke before he thought. Yes, yet again. Jesus had said, Hey, y'all, I'm walking toward my suffering and death. And Peter, who loved his rabbi and teacher, said, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. And after Jesus corrects Peter and tells him to get out of his way, Jesus tells everyone near him, all those with him, that if they want to be his followers, they must take up their cross and follow him. Now, most of us have heard this phrase, this call to action, many times before, and because of that, we may be all too used to it. We may be familiar with and even welcome it, like an old friend come for a visit. We may even somehow beckon the call to take up our cross to come closer to us as we welcome it into our homes, our hearts, our lives. But in actuality, it's a hard-hitting phrase, a very difficult statement and so let's take a moment to pause ourselves for just a bit and to really think about it anew. Because this call to take up your cross, well, it was an incredibly threatening and very dangerous statement for the disciples listening that day. Threatening and dangerous because when they heard it, they thought only of the Roman cross used for torture, used for death and crucifixion. 
The disciples thought directly and exclusively of those heavy beams upon which those judged as criminals were commonly hung to die. And the disciples were further aware that these unfortunate people were hung there by the brutal policies of an occupying governmental force. Just think of that. If people you knew and loved were tortured and killed by an occupying governmental force, people that were not your own, forcing their will on you. So take up your cross was a terrible statement for the disciples to hear because they heard the word cross and thought of a torture device, thought of the the evil and, and horror of others, much in the way we might hear of electric chair or waterboarding, but different yet too because it was a time in which there was an occupying force in their land. So much more terrible. And so when they heard this call to take up the cross, they heard a clear call to torture and death by the enemy, by the other. Did you catch that? The disciples listened to Christ on that day and they heard a clear call to torture and death. Now these words form a tough statement for us today as well. These words of Christ, that we must take up the cross and follow him. They are difficult for us also, but they are difficult and dangerous, I would argue, for an altogether different reason and in a completely different way. I think that this call to bear up under the burden of the cross is difficult for us, specifically because we have, in in modern times, mostly lost touch with the ancient understanding of the cross. We, as Christ followers, have gradually lost a connection with how frightening and disturbing an image of the cross should be. I mean, there are times when we do get it, There are times when we relate to the idea that the symbol of the cross can be negative and we say things like, this is my cross and I must bear it. But generally and mostly, we are not intimidated by the cross or frightened by it or disgusted by it. Generally and mostly, Christians don't tend to think of the cross as a torture device much at all. And this in its own way is entirely and rightly so because The cross is the symbol of our salvation and our deliverance. And so we fittingly love the cross. We display the cross. We wear the cross. We are drawn to and find comfort in and bow before the cross. But also because of that, because of our gratitude and appreciation for the saving action of Jesus, we can hear Jesus' call to carry the cross, to bear the burden of it, and only think of pretty crosses, Familiar crosses, crosses in our churches, of the shiny gold pendants which we hang about our necks, or of the reminding and reaffirming crosses of our keychains or on our bumper stickers. And because of that, we can respond to this call, to his call, with a too confident, sure, Jesus, I can do that. And we can respond to his call with an eager, of course, Lord, no problem. And, And we do respond to his call with a reflexive, Yes, Father, I I do, every day, carry my cross, that is. And in doing so, in responding so quickly and confidently, we can kind of miss part of the point. Miss the point that this discipleship is supposed to be hard. Miss the point that it is to be a little intimidating and scary. Miss the point that followers of Christ are called to struggle and difficulty and suffering so tough at times, it can be like torture. 
a requirement for most people who are going to seminary in the hopes of becoming a pastor is to take a course called CPE, or Clinical Pastoral Education. In CPE, students have to put in many hours in the hospital setting. They drive to the hospital, they have meetings in the hospital, they work in the hospital. Some of the work is in serving the patients one by one, praying with a patient, listening to a patient, visiting them in their rooms and following up with them after tests and surgeries. But another big part of CPE work is in a classroom setting within the hospital. In a classroom setting in which students or wannabe pastors read books, write papers, turn in homework, and also, also, and the toughest part, in which those wannabe pastors have to go through some of their own emotional counseling. This emotional part of CPE is, of course, very, very hard. This counseling part is incredibly tough, and any pastor who hated their CPE experience, and there are plenty of them, trust me, usually has stories about how much they hated talking about themselves, their hang-ups, their brokenness, their pain. Sometimes our CPE supervisors, they were kind of like teachers leading us through the program. Sometimes they had to ask really tough questions. They had to go into the really deep issues with us. And my supervisor in my CPE work had this habit of asking a tough question and saying something like, I'm just wondering about the shape of this, or let's just feel around the shape of this. Let's feel around the shape of this. That was a phrase he liked to use. So he might have said, just for example, I I didn't lose any siblings when I was a child, but just for example, he might have said something like, You've said your little sister's death was terrible for you at that age. Let's explore the shape of that. And you felt like saying back to him, Ah, no, let's not. But you had to do the work. You had to feel with timid fingers around the shape of your torment and your pain. This morning, I'd like to use my supervisor's phrase and ask all of us, let's feel around the shape of this. And since this is a podcast and you can't see my gestures, listen again and imagine my fingers making the shape of a cross. Let's feel around the shape of this. This thing called the cross that we are called to bear. This difficult call to discipleship that calls us to hoist up the weight and the burden of torture and death onto our own backs, bearing it as we walk forward in obedience for the sake and benefit of others. Because that, people, is the shape of it. That is what it's all about. Because, and if you recall, the scripture says, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And then Peter complains and is told off. And then, then Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. And later on, St. Paul clearly told the believers at Rome, love. That was from our other scripture for this morning. Love. Love one another. Show honor to others. Be patient in suffering. Contribute to the needs of others. Extend hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Live in harmony with one another. Associate with the lowly. Live peaceably with all insofar as you can. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. No, but if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will overcome evil with good. And that, folks, is the shape of it. The cross we are called to bear, I mean. That cross that we gravitate to and wear and propose to love. The symbol of our salvation. Imagine me standing in front of you now with my arms out to the sides, doing kind of a human cross. Imagine my legs and torso, the vertical part of my body. That vertical part of the cross is calling us to connection and relationship with God. Imagine arrows going up and down the front of someone's body, pointing to the earth, pointing towards the heavens. Connection and relationship with God. Now thinking about the arms stretched out. That horizontal part of the cross is calling us to connection and relationship with others. Think of those arrows now going side to side. Think of those arms stretched out like the short pieces of the cross. And now imagine them as arms coming forward and curling around in a hug. The calling to us to connection and relationship with others. Others. And not just with those whom with, with whom we get along. Connection to humility in front of harmoniousness with those we cannot stand. Our enemies. Those who offend us or our loved ones. Those who have annoying habits or challenging personalities. Those who may, for some of us, have different skin colors. Or have betrayed our trust or hold different political opinions. Those who get under our skin and just make it crawl sometimes. Those folks. Those are the ones for whom we are to show love, show honor, be patient with, associate with, live peaceably with. Those are the ones whom we are supposed to welcome in, to sustain, to nourish. And it can seem like a call to torture and death at times. But those are the people for whom we are born to be on this walk of discipleship. That is the weight of our cross to bear. That people is the shape of it. Because think about it, for while we ourselves were difficult, ugly, while we were foreign, selfish, provoking, and frustrating, while we were heartbreaking and offensive and challenging and odd, while we were unloving and annoying, for when we were all of that and more, for as we currently are all of that and more, that was the shape of the cross, the weight of the burden that Jesus bore for us. He was humble in the face of it. He was obedient in the face of us. He thought nothing of himself, and he gave up everything for those who provoked anger and caused pain and didn't deserve a single bit of it. Simply, he loved. That is the shape of it. If any want to become his followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. Amen. Our next hymn this morning is one that I don't think I've ever sung before, but it is in the hymnal. You might know it. Its title is Take Up Thy Cross, number 415, and I'm going to read the words. Take up thy cross. Take up thy cross, the Savior said, if thou wouldst my disciple be. Deny thyself, the world forsake, 
and humbly follow after me. Take up thy cross, let not its weight fill thy weak spirit with alarm. His strength shall bear thy spirit up, embrace thy heart and nerve thine arm. Take up thy cross, nor heed the shame, nor let the foolish pride rebel. Thy Lord for thee the cross endured to save thy soul from death and hell. Take up thy cross and follow Christ, nor think till death to lay it down, for only those who bear the cross may hope to wear the glorious crown. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Just as our Almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we are likewise called to give of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. O glorious God, through Jesus you have won salvation for all who trust in you. Thank you for our undeserved redemption. Fill our hearts now with your Holy Spirit so that we might speak boldly of your mighty acts and let our monetary offerings and our gifts of our talents and time be acceptable to you. We pray all this through the name of your Son, our Redeemer, and all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We come to thank you for your faithfulness and your mercy and your grace. You're always there when we need you. You've never turned us away. You've never failed to fulfill your promises to us and to your world. We want to tell you, Lord, that even though it may not at times seem like it, we earnestly do want to do your will and do want to live in obedience to your laws. Help us, Lord, to be true to this desire. Help us to put spiritual matters first. Help us to keep our priorities straight. Help us to first seek you and to let all other things fall into their rightful places. Help us, Lord, to make the right kinds of choices. Choices that will prosper us, not just momentarily, before eternity. We lift up the needs of our people today. We've all come with individual and very personal needs, 
Maybe nobody on earth knows about the struggles and burdens we're facing individually and as families and as a church and as a nation, but you know. And so we each reach out to you, asking you to meet our needs this morning and give us your assurance and peace. We pray also for our community and our government. We request for them divine wisdom and the ability to lead justly and wisely. We ask for a revival of godliness and righteousness and holiness in our land and in all lands and ask for the forces of evil to be defeated. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and continue to pray as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn this morning is an old favorite, The Old Rugged Cross, number 504 in the hymnal. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. For twas on that old cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. 
I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true, its shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me some day to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Before we take our leave now of one another, may we recite the Wesleyan covenant prayer together. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will, rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. May the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the love of God go with us this day and forevermore. Amen. Shalom to you now, shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends. In all your living and through your loving, Christ be your shalom, Christ be your shalom.